Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. All right, let's get to the 8 at 8. You're listening to KILT and KILT HD2 and Odyssey Station. 8 at 8, the 8 headlines. One. Uh, One, um, the headline really nationwide yesterday was the uh, Kansas City Chiefs victory parade. Uh, for a few hours, it was tremendous. It's what a victory parade is supposed to be. And then as the parade and the rally was winding down, uh, two active shooters ended up killing one, injuring 21 others, including several children at the Kansas City Chiefs uh, uh, Super Bowl rally. Uh, they've apprehended suspects. We're waiting on more news to come out. People have been detained. Everything's under investigation right now. The Kansas City police, they were they were heavily, heavily um the, the area, the parade, heavy in police presence yesterday. They had 800 officers, I think like 600 and something from Kansas City. They brought in officers from the outside. Um, but all it took was these two people to spoil the day in the worst possible way for several families. So we're keeping an eye on that story throughout the morning. If anything else drops, we will keep you posted on that. Two. two. All right, let's get to Astros spring training and a couple things. Uh, Justin Verlander. Confirmed he is going to be a couple weeks behind in his preparation for the season. Also, the um, the Astros' new manager, Joe Espada, has named a closer. We will not go into the season with any sort of murkiness as far as who's closing games for the Astros. Here was Joe Espada. Yesterday in my office, and uh, when both pitches are available, Hader will pitch the ninth inning. How, how did that meeting go? For uh... it, it went well. I, I think both guys want the best for this team. Um, I think the ultimate goal is to hold that trophy uh, at the end of the year, and both guys were, were on board. That's a good test for Joe Espada early on in his managerial career. Take the guy who's been your regular closer, who's been one of the best postseason closers in the history of baseball, Ryan Presley, yeah. and sit him down in your office with the guy who you just gave $90 million to and say, Presley, you're going to the eighth inning, buddy. Here's, here's, our, new, here's our new closer. 
I like the picture you painted where uh, where you where they're sitting side by side, mm-hmm. uh, and he says that uh, yeah, hey, this guy, this right is the here. one. I don't think that's the, that's probably not how it actually happened, right? Uh, I don't know. I, you know what I picture? I picture the meeting where Bill O'Brien sat down with Brian Hoyer and Ryan Mallett in the same room. Oh, with that's each other. true. Yeah, they were in the same spot. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I I don't know. Yeah, but those guys are in the same meeting room all the time. I wonder if he actually sat them down together and said that. I or would. Not. Just to be all to be clear about everything. Yeah, yeah, I would. I wouldn't want any friction between the two of them. Are we good? Are we okay. all good? Yeah, Are we all good. Yeah, that, yeah. Okay, that's a good. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. Yeah, yeah. I, I guess um the yeah, the the other dynamic too with the quarterbacks is that those guys already know each other and have been together and working together for a while yeah. versus like having just been introduced and um but yeah yeah we're, regardless I don't I look Ryan Presley's entering his thirty five year old season he's going to turn thirty five this year. And uh, there was a drop off last year, so I think like I'm 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 guessing, I'm guessing that it's not something he's thrilled about, but he understands the logic of it and the rationale. I doubt he feels like he's getting screwed over or anything, but that doesn't that doesn't mean that he has to be stoked about it. No, and it's uh, some it's it's hard to swallow your ego and your pride a little bit, and when you when you wonder, okay, well, how come he doesn't talk to the media? This that it's just it's hard. It's hard. The um the competitor in him probably hates it. But I will say this. My guess is they didn't sit him down and say, but you're going to have to take a pay cut as well. You're going to go from $14 million to $8 million this year, Ryan. Like, yeah, no, you're still going to get your money. You'll get all your money. I know he's a competitor and he wants to be the closer and he wants Johnny Cash to play when he comes out of the bullpen and all that stuff. But he will, fear not for the Presley family, he will, family, he will still get paid. Three. Uh, Andre Johnson met with the media yesterday. We've not touched Andre yet here on the show, but we will hear. He met with the media, the first press conference that he's done with Houston Media since getting named to the Pro Football Hall of Fame last week. Here's Andre Johnson on what it means to be the first Houston Texan going to the Hall of Fame. It means a lot. Um, it's, I don't think this was only just for me. Um, I think this was for the whole city of Houston. It's for the organization. I don't, I mean, just hearing people talk about, I mean, grown men telling me that they were crying, you know. Having people to tell you, like, God gave us a superhero here in Houston. You know, those are those are things that you don't even realize, you know, how people look up to you or you playing a game can affect a city. So it's been it's been a I'm still trying to take it all in, but it's been um it's been a great experience so far. Yeah, really cool. First Texan to go in. I um I was not one of the grown men that walked up to Andre and told him that I cried when you went into the Hall of Fame, but Andre mm-hmm. if you're listening right now. I did well up a little bit when I watched the uh, the knock on the door scene with Chris Carter, and I saw Andre's emotion, uh, how emotional he was seeing Chris Carter in his gold jacket on his front stoop. Well, and um, and one of the stories he told yesterday was that Chris Carter had come to a Miami practice when he was a young player and not a starter yet, and had told just from watching Andre on special teams, had told Andre, "Hey, you're gonna be you're gonna be a special player." Um, which I love. I love the thought of just a young Andre Johnson on a stacked Miami team, just trying to like trying Connor? to do everything he can as best as best as he could, running down on kickoff and punt and everything. Um, I love that. The other part too that he uh, told was, and I'm glad somebody asked this question. He explained exactly how they made it a surprise because I've always been skeptical that it's a genuine surprise for those guys. But his Canard uh, McGuire, his agent basically concocted some cockamamie story about how he needed to he wanted to appoint Andre the the um 
uh, like the custodian of his child in case anything ever happened to him wow. or something. It was intricate. But he needed Andre's mother and sister to be the witnesses on this document. Frankly, it was a cockamamie story, and I think it's a, a, a testament to Kennard McGuire that Andre has had a long relationship and trusts him because otherwise <laughs> he should have never believed it. Yeah, but they got him. That's how they got him. So Andre was just kind of waiting wow. around for this lawyer, supposedly this lawyer to show up and give him the, the papers to sign. And uh, then, then when, there were not, when there was a knock at the door, Andre saw the yellow jacket and realized something else was up. Okay, here's what I need to know. Yeah. I need to go next level on that and know, was that Kennard McGuire coming up with that story, or does the Hall of Fame have a small book of stories that can be used and they get to pick, you know, like, here's some ones that have worked for other guys in the past when we need that person to be oh, at the house good, with all yeah, the... Yeah, Because that's a really good one. I wonder if someone suggested that one to him. I, I'm not... Kennard McGuire may have come up with it himself, and if he did, boy, I need him on speed dial from time to time to come up with some good excuses and stories for me. But that's a really good one, dude. It's like, <laughs> they have like process servers uh, that, that, that with experience to, to tell them. Yeah, this is how you sneak up on somebody. Um, that's a good one. Well, like I told you, I, I actually felt it was kind of cockamamie. But uh, the, the general theory is good. I wonder... I feel like you should try to come up with like the most opposite possible. Like you're going to do an intervention for somebody or something. <laughs> oh, yeah. Like, hey, we're going to have an intervention for yes. Chris Carter. Can you be there? <laughs> 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 and Andre's like, of course I'll be there. He showed promise. He he showed faith in me when I was a young player. Yeah. And uh, then uh, then Chris Carter shows up and I was like, no, I'm stone cold sober. I just want to tell you, you're in the Hall of Fame. Waka waka. <laughs> it's fine we do that, but why are we doing it at my house in Houston, Texas? <laughs> why are we stop asking a Chris Carter intervention at my house? And at my house in Houston, Texas. This doesn't make any sense Does at all. Does he even live in Houston? No. And then, but then the fun part of that would be a lot of guys, it would take a little while to figure out that it wasn't also an intervention. Yes. Like if, that, if that's the way you set it up, it was like, hey, we're going to have an intervention for Chris Carter, and then Chris Carter shows up and tells me in the Hall of Fame, oh I'd be God. like, that's awesome, Chris, but really, I want to talk about you. Yeah. <laughs> I just, listen, man, you've let me down in a lot of ways. That'd be the other best part, is that you'd have to have a list of all the ways the guy has let you down. Yeah. That, uh, and then you oh, tell, yeah. them the, tell the person that introduces you the way the whole intervention before we even reveal the Hall of Fame thing. Yes. <laughs> See what happens. Four. All right, the, the Astros. The Rockets lose last night to the Grizzlies, 121-113. to 113. Um, The Rockets now 1-6 without Fred Van Vliet in the lineup. So I guess if you're looking for a painful justification for paying Fred Van Vliet $40 million plus a year, they don't seem to be able to win without him at point guard. I do like the way Amen Thompson's been playing. He can't shoot, but, man, he's really impacted the game in other areas. Jalen Green, total non-factor last night, played 22 minutes. The All-Star break is here. The Rockets are the 12 seed. I think the goal of this season, set the reasonable goal, is to get into that playoff group of the 7 through 10 seeds. That's a reasonable ceiling to shoot for. They play six tough games coming out of the All-Star break. They're at New Orleans, home for Phoenix, home for OKC, then at OKC, and at Phoenix again twice. So for about a week and a half, they only play the Suns and the Thunder. These are all playoff teams right now, those six teams. So the Rockets' season will be pretty much determined here over the next two weeks uh, coming out of the break. Yeah, yeah. This uh, And I'm actually, uh, I like, uh, Udoka has had a lot of challenges this year, obviously, in a lot of ways, and inheriting a, a roster full of young dudes that, uh, some of which with a whole lot of promise, some of which have promise, but 
alarming and startling inconsistencies. Yeah. And I don't know. I hope I, I hope to have some kind of this is what I will hope for out of Udoka in the last part of the season. Uh Something big and dramatic that happens that will be good for documentaries uh, on into the future. Okay. Like three years from now, I want to yes. find out about that that moment when Udoka gathered everybody up and like had basically said, "All right, all the backups are starting tonight because I can trust yeah, them. Yeah. They're my guys." And they go out and they have like a miracle on uh, on a hardwood type of moment. He, he, a miracle on hardwood. He was practically saying that last night. He's like, "Maybe I just need to start the five guys that try the hardest." At the beginning of games, the beginning of last night's game was brutal. Five. Um, good news for uh, Janice McNair and Cal McNair and that branch of the McNair family. Um, the ongoing efforts of Kerry McNair, the brother of Cal McNair, to get guardianship over Janice, um, it, it took a big hit yesterday. She, Janice McNair, will not have to undergo an independent medical exam, something that Kerry McNair's team had been requesting, um, to see if she is capable of living on her own, basically. She won't have to go undergo an independent medical exam. The word of her doctors in this whole thing satisfies the court. Most of all, she doesn't feel like she needs guardianship right now. So the next logical step is for the Janice McNair and Cal McNair, that branch of the family, to ask for the case to be dismissed. So um, I was happy to see this. I hate that Janice McNair is 87 years old and she's having to be the center of litigation between her children. Um, but this, if, if, you know, this was good news for her yesterday that this, it yeah. looks like this thing may be coming to an end here pretty soon. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, like I honestly, uh, without digging into their personal lives, which, you know, they won't have to now, or we won't have to, at least for now, you know, how these legal things go. Um, yeah, I would hope that maybe they can figure out a way to resolve whatever differences uh, they have with like a private uh, mediator or something. Yeah. I don't know. There's a, there's other ways to handle this without the, uh, the uh, like the stress that I, I mean the court system. Yeah, yeah. when your mom's your yeah. mom's that age. Yeah, it's just uh, there's a lot of man. It, it goes into like I've told you, man. I, I don't I don't think I would ever want to own a sports team. <laughs> like I just there's so much extra that goes into it, and uh, like of all the things that I'd want to do with billions of dollars. I feel like adding stress to it uh, isn't one of those things, it, but but I guess the upside and the the, the yeah. potential for a the net worth is good. I would take the, the net worth that comes with it for sure. And uh, I'd say, I honestly, I think the sweet spot is like three hundred million. Okay, I feel like anything more than that, like Anna, like what are you going to do with what are you going to do with uh, two billion that you couldn't do with three hundred million? I don't know. I just know that if I'm get a choice between where I'm at now or being an NFL owner, I'll take. NFL oh, can you take here. that? Yeah. yeah. I don't know, man. Yes. More money, more problems, yeah. dude. I, no, I know. It's, uh, it's, plenty of problems uh, in this tax bracket, too. Yeah. You think that, though. Yeah. I, I don't know. I'm willing to know. give it a go. That's all I'm saying. I don't know if it'll You're work. Willing, I'm willing, willing to make that sacrifice. I'm willing to give it a try, yeah. Six. Um, Steve Wilkes fired by the 49ers. He was the defensive coordinator that Kyle Shanahan seemed to be verbally undressing at times late in that game due to some of the strategic decisions that Wilkes was making. They even had to call a timeout down the stretch because Kyle Shanahan didn't like the defense that the 49ers were in. A lot of people saying Steve Wilkes is the scapegoat, Seth, for the mis- frankly the mistakes that Kyle Shanahan was making, or people felt he was making. There were mistakes, choices in overtime, going away from the running game with Christian McCaffrey in the second half of that football game. Uh, a lot of folks feeling Steve Wilkes being scapegoated. This was not as good yeah. a 49ers defense as it was under D'Amico Ryans. Um. 
It's funny if you tell, if you look at the two year track record, it was actually better in a lot of respects than D'Amico's. But D'Amico's took a, uh, like the first half of the season to really get going two years ago. So I'd have to go back and look at the uh, the peak. I think that uh, like I think this probably involved personal differences or arguments that they may have had philosophical differences. You saw the one timeout that apparently during the broadcast it looked like. Uh, it looked like Kyle Shannon had called a timeout specifically because he did not like the defense that Steve Wilkes yes. had called. Um, I don't think this is as much about that one game as perhaps it was probably a, a compilation of disagreements throughout the year. Uh, I, I, like I've seen a lot of people say that Kyle Shannon was petty for Shanahan was petty for this or what have you. I have zero clue. Like it might be justified. It might be a heat of the moment thing. But for it to happen this quickly, I'm guessing it was just a mismatch. Yeah. I mean it was so. He went from Robert Sala to Robert Sala to D'Amico Ryan's, and then you know, and I think two coordinators that he really liked and like specifically wanted. And I think with Steve Wilkes, it was a bit more of like this is the guy that was here at the time, and maybe it just wasn't a perfect fit. So uh, these are the things that happened. It, you know what it reminds me of? Honestly, uh, it was after the the Rams lost to the Patriots, and they fired Wade Phillips. Yeah. And my thought at the time was like, what the hell? Like, it's the offense was the issue in that game, not the defense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, but, or that it's very season. similar. But it, yeah, I think in a lot of ways. And then he brought in Brandon Staley because yeah. he wanted to get a look at that type of defense mm-hmm. to practice against. So um, I, I, I don't think it's as petty as a lot. I suspect that it's not as petty um, or like Kyle Shanahan trying to displace blame as some people are framing it. Seven. This was a wild scene yesterday, at least for a one minute video on the internet. Howie Mandel has a podcast. He had Dana White, the CEO, president, whatever the you know, he's the head of UFC, uh, on his podcast. And this was Howie Mandel introducing Dana White. Now, keep in mind, I'm going to tell you this: at the end of this, when Dana White says what he says, he walks off the set. Here we go. Dana White, you are an amazing guy. You are. I can't thank you enough for being here. Uh, you and Ginger seem to be getting along. Um, you are not only an amazing businessman, you are an inspiration. You are a philosopher. The way you do business, the way you uh, conduct your business and your friendships and media is, uh, I'm, I'm jealous. And But Dana, I can't thank you enough for being here. Thank you. For all the kind words, I appreciate it. I, I am so f-ing tired of doing podcasts. It's I, I, I'm literally done with them. I'm not doing any more podcasts. Puts his headphones down, closes the door, and walks out. And Howie Mandel has a look on his face like, what the hell just happened? And the here? guy next to him, I don't know. Does he? Uh, I I feel like he looked I pretty stunned to, to me. Times. What's that? He looked pretty stunned to me. If he was stunned, it was because he didn't realize like how transparent his setup for whatever he like that was a setup. He you called think that him a was, philosopher. You, you, you think that was a work? He called him a philosopher. No, not a work. Oh, I'm okay. saying that Howie Mandel was setting him up for like some kind of criticism or attack or something. Oh, I oh, I see. He called, he called him a philosopher, and he said he admired the way he handles his friendships. Like, like, I, like Dana. Dana's had some pretty public kind of like uh, controversies and what have you. Oh, okay. I feel like I feel like the praise was so over the top yeah. that it seemed disingenuous, and that I think he felt like, all right, great, I'm being set up for some kind of uh, oh, okay. a skewering here, and I'm leaving like okay, that. Okay, okay, yeah. yeah, I'm not as, I, yeah, I'm, 
you, I, I mean, I follow Dana White. I know some of the, you know, I know some of the Dana White stuff, but I, I not, not to the extent where I looked at that, going, oh, he's not being sincere. You, so you're saying he wasn't being sincere, yeah, in that, and that, yeah. that that that's what pissed off Dana White. Okay, either way, it was it was crazy to see him just put the headphones down like that. Um, all right, Payne and Pendergast with you. Oh wait, act. Uh, R.I.P. to the guy who invented the pop tart. That's the number eight one. Uh, William Bill Post. Credited with inventing the Pop-Tart. A delicious breakfast delicacy. Dead at the age of 96, Seth. What's your favorite Pop-Tart flavor? Uh, there's flavors? Yeah. I thought they were just different colors. I've never looked at those. Uh, I, I've never looked at the flavors of a Pop-Tart as actual flavors. Okay. I feel like I, they all taste the same. Some have strawberry colors. inside of them. There's a cookies yeah. and cream one now. There's cinnamon. There's oh, chocolate. Okay. Yeah. All right. Oh, no, I don't like the chocolate ones. You're right. Yeah, I forgot about chocolate. Yeah. I thought there was like strawberry and blueberry. Uh, and there they, are. They all tasted the same. And chocolate. And cookies and cream. It's a pretty, uh, I'm going to tell you what, the last time I had a Pop-Tart, I really did just marvel at the ability of American marketing to <laughs> to frame any of these breakfast treats as like breakfast. actual breakfast. Yeah. Yeah. Like, it's amazing. Anna. Like, seriously, how the hell did that happen? This is what you should. This is what you should eat in the morning. It's dessert. <laughs> as much sugar as would have would have turned an 18th century person diabetic on the spot. Yeah, man. Yeah, yeah. You shovel that down your gullet every morning. Totally. Like French toast and pancakes are the exact same. Like the same same category. Like yeah, you know what's really good for breakfast? Taking yeah. these cakes and and flooding them with a sugary substance called syrup. Yeah, that, that'll yeah. that'll get your day going. Um, they're delicious. I do it quite a bit, but it's, it is a little whack. Um, Travis Kelsey is Travis Kelsey, the most versatile human being on the planet. And does he feel any remorse over shoving old man, Andy Reed? That is next. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Sports Radio 610 presents Payne and Pendergast. Oh, you got to dump that, Ben. <laughs> Payne and Pendergast with you. We were coming back there, Seth, when you dropped a GD on the air right now. Yeah. Oh, 
I would never say that. What are you talking about? <laughs> what on earth were you talking about, Sean? Yeah. Um, yeah, no, we, Seth and I, sorry, Ben, Seth and I were reading a funny text message to each other, and Seth was like, oh, I wanted to read that one on the air. It's funny. We'll read it here real quick, and then we'll get to Travis Kelsey. Because um, we were talking about Joe Espada sitting down Ryan Presley and Josh Hader in the same room, potentially, at least in my mind, and explaining to them the decision to make Hader the closer. Text message. It would have been better if both guys had been standing up and Espada says, whoever's pitching the ninth inning, please sit down, and then goes, wait, not so fast, Presley. Yeah. Do it reality show style. Yeah. That's where we need everything. Do you accept this, the, Rose? Yeah. It's one of the things I still don't like about Hard Knocks is the – I don't know if they – I haven't watched Hard Knocks in a couple of years, but I, I don't like that they show the guys getting cut. Um, yeah, I don't know if know. they still do. I haven't watched it like full on in a couple of years. There's enough stuff that – the stuff that really pops for what you and I do winds up on Twitter. <laughs> you know, like if there's right, yeah, you know, stuff that's interesting to people. Yeah, yeah. you kind of use you kind of use that as a gauge for okay, what people find interesting. So I, instead of watching a full hour of some team I don't actually care about, uh, I'm like oh, this is the big moment that people cared about. Yeah, like I would say, like it, when during the day, like I watch like of the stuff I consume, like twenty percent of it is stuff that I'm consuming for my own enjoyment, and the other eighty percent is like okay. Can, can this make a segment on the show? That kind of thing. Yeah. And Hard Knocks falls into the 80%. You know, like it's, mm-hmm. I, I, that's, it's so the world of social media does a fine job right now of culling things down to exactly what we need. Now, if the Texans were on it, I would watch it from beginning to end for sure. Travis Kelsey. Travis Kelsey, a lot of facets to Travis Kelsey that we've learned about over the last, I would say, three or four days. We've got Travis Kelsey. I'll say maybe Rageaholic. Uh, I won't say Roid Rage. I don't want to put that on him. But he did shove his coach during a game because he was he unhappy he with did. the – sh- I mean, I'm stating a fact. He shoved You're Andy Reid. You're stating Reed. a fact. Yeah. You know what? And honestly, this is one thing I hate. I hate this with big hits like on the football field, and I hate it with incidents like this. They keep showing it in slow motion. Yeah. Which, which does not reflect what actually happened. No. Like, in real time, he went up and bumped the hell out of an old man who has an artificial hip. Right. And the old man almost fell over. When in slow motion, it almost looks like a gentle caress. Yes. And it's annoying me, damn it. Um, Here is Travis Kelsey and Jason Kelsey on their podcast talking about the shove of Andy Reid. The broadcast showed you having a heated exchange with Coach Reid. <laughs> so heated. People are all over this. I mean, I get it. You cross the line. I think we can both agree on that. <laughs> I can't get that fired up to the point where I'm bumping coach and it's getting him off balance and stuff. I mean, let's be honest, the, the yelling in his face too. <laughs> I think there's better ways to handle this. I love Coach Reed. Coach Reed knows how much I'd love to play for him. I'm not playing for anybody else but Big Red. If he calls it quits this year, I'm, I'm out there with him, man. Whoa. He ain't calling it quits. Come oh, on now. He's not. I immediately wish I had took it back. Coach Reed actually came right up to me after that and he just let him know. Hey, man, I love your passion. I got cameras on me all over the place, man. He's letting you know not, not to be like that. Just fired me up even more to go out there and get a f-ing victory for him, man. Big Red, sorry if I uh, caught you with that okay. cheap shot, baby. But damn, I love winning with you. <laughs> okay. A little apology uh, at the end. Yeah. You know what he is like? Um, he's like a craftier Draymond Green, I think is what he mm-hmm. is. Mm-hmm. I think he's, uh, like he's, he's, he's a guy that's just he's hard to handle in a lot of ways, and yet... He is really good at what he does, and uh, because of that, you put up with the the reality show antics. You put up with him, yeah, man. Violently assaulting an old man. Uh, Like if you can win a Super Bowl, you can violently assault a lot of old people. Yes, if you're an integral integral part of it, like he is. So we've got Rageaholic, Travis Kelsey. We Mm -hmm. learned yesterday that Travis Kelsey. 
least in his mind, has some singing chops. Maybe this is Taylor rubbing off on him a little bit. But here was the uh, parade yesterday, Travis Kelsey breaking into his rendition of Garth Brooks' Friends in Low Places. You know this song, sing along. Blame it all on my roots. I showed up in booze and ruined the Niners affair. The last one to know. We were the last one to show. We were the last ones they thought they'd see there. And I saw the surprise. Pretty good so That far. fear in their eyes. They went. Took that glass of champagne, Pat, Pat took that glass of champagne, I promise you. When I took, mm. and I toasted mm. you. Mm. Yep. Honey, we threw mm. yeah. No, yeah. he's not conjugating verbs what? anymore. Yep. So that was Friends in Low Places, courtesy That's, of uh, Travis Kelsey right, yesterday. Man. Uh, what's that, Dudley Moore? BS is that what is he doing? He was wasted. That dude. song doesn't. This is a problem. That song doesn't. That doesn't. The song doesn't make any sense right there. It's not like we are the champions or anything right. like that. It's right. like it's a it's a bar anthem and all that. Yeah. And it's fun to sing along with. You know, what I think that he was probably. I think that he was probably shocked about in that moment. Uh, if somebody would have told him, "Hey, they're not singing along." <laughs> I think he thought he was going to get everybody to sing along. You start, you put that song on in a bar yeah. on the jukebox, and everybody starts singing along. You know, yeah, yeah. and I feel like he thought he thought that people were going to start singing along, and they didn't. They were just kind of enjoying this. To spectacle. be fair, I think once they got to the refrain, which I didn't let him get to because I wanted to make sure our audience stuck around. When yeah. they got to the refrain, they started singing along. But I think it was Mahomes kind of took the mic out of his hand. And yeah. started because he could tell Travis was struggling, like struggling yeah. bad. This is like best man at a wedding. Yeah, where, like, he's drunk, giving the toast, and he won't stop talking. Like, <laughs> yeah, right. yeah, like we're good. I yeah. I wonder that this is when it's in, this would be interesting. I wonder if I wonder at what point the Swifties start to realize just who Travis Kelsey is. Yeah, I feel like he's been putting his best foot forward for six months. And uh, they've kind of seen some of the quirkiness of him, but it hasn't been like the it hasn't been full bore super annoying Travis Kelsey. When they get a load of him in high profile moments, yeah. maybe this will be the breaking point if he embarrasses Taylor Swift. Yeah, yeah, that that was a heat check yesterday by Travis like, Kelsey for like sure. Like if they're meeting the Queen or something, and Travis Kelsey is like gooses the Queen, right? You know, is she still alive or does she die? Okay. I think she yeah she died. Who's yeah. The, is she dead? Yeah, she's dead. Yeah. Oh, sorry, sorry, dead lady. Yeah. Uh, wait. So the there's the, plenty. The, the, Seth, there's Chaz plenty, is the king. There's plenty of other royal family members to goose for Travis. No, but Kelsey. I think Charles has cancer. He does. Yeah, he does. So yeah. the next fake royalty member there, the next fake ruler will be I, you, William. Yeah, I don't know. You're asking the wrong guy about the lineage of the royal family. I'm disgusted right. that we have any fascination in our country at all about the royal family. I know, I know, yeah, I know. Yeah. See, personally, I'd like it if Travis Kelsey did something, uh, you know, really embarrassing in front of the royal family. Yeah. And yet, I feel like the Swifties won't appreciate it. Um, did you see that Travis Kelsey is now a Hollywood producer? Or at least a producer of an indie movie that's going to South by Southwest. The name of the movie is My Dead Friend Zoe. And it actually has some heavy hitters in the cast. Ed Harris and Morgan Freeman are in this movie. He's the ex- oh, really? He's the executive producer of this movie, which means he invested a lot of money. It is a low-budget, dark comedy that is taking advantage of the 2022 Inflation Reduction Act that Joe Biden put in place, apparently. 
it's taking advantage of that like they're using some like you, funds or federal yeah, funds or yeah, something to, to put fun, it on to, to help fund the movie it made the movie super cheap to one make thing I, one thing i know is when rich people take advantage of federal funds uh <laughs> they love that they do yeah there's nothing more popular than that so uh okay good so he's gonna he's gonna be like Telling he's going to be giving notes to Ed Harris and tell him they need a whoopee cushion in yeah, this scene or something. Yeah, exactly. You're not you drunk you, enough. Uh, I think Aunt Landry's a little uh, Landry's a little incredulous um, about the fact that he he feels like you're just now learning that Travis Kelsey is a tool. I oh he no. He texted us. He said. Oh, he did. He said, Where have you been, Sean? Dude's okay. been a tool forever. Okay. <laughs> You've been making fun of how much a yeah. bleep bleep. Boy, he is people, for a I thought Landry would understand sarcasm, but uh, maybe. <laughs> uh, I think I think Landry might hate Kelsey so much that he gets triggered, like in stuff like this. If, it, if the notion that maybe you didn't realize how yeah. cheesy Travis Kelsey was, yeah, uh, like even just being presented, oh with yeah, there it, it is, sarcastically, there it is. There it he's, is. Uh, he's he's upset with. Learn you. about Kelsey, lol. Where you been, Sean? Dude has been a tool forever. We've been making fun of how much of a bleep boy he is for a decade. Yeah, I know, yeah, Landry. I listen to your show. I'm, I'm, I'm kidding around. It's common knowledge. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I guess I'm supposed to read four texts in the middle of a segment. All right. Um, Payne and Pendergast with you on a uh, on a Thursday. Um, Andre Johnson met with the media yesterday. Um, who does Andre Johnson credit? It seems like credit the most with his ascension to Hall of Fame status. We'll let you hear that coming up next. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Live from the Twin Peaks studios, Sports Radio 610 presents Pain and Pendergast. It's probably one of the best feelings I've had in a very, very long time. Uh, just getting that knock at the door was uh, it was very emotional, um, and it was just kind of a sense of closure to 
my career. Sometimes you, you know, I always say that. I never ever thought of being a Hall of Famer, but to have that happen, it was a, it was a tremendous feeling. That was Andre Johnson yesterday. Met with the media. That was uh, right out of the shoot. Um, it was cool. It was a cool scene. If you haven't seen it yet, the NFL Network did a piece where they showed the Hall of Fame folks, Hall of Famers themselves, that were chosen to knock on the door of this year. Excuse me, this year's class. Um, it's it's really good. If you're a Texans fan, I would say it's must watch. The Andre Johnson portion of it is at least so. It's really really good. Um, Andre gave a tremendous amount of credit to Gary Kubiak for where his career ended up going. I, I didn't really feel like my career took off until Kubiak became our head coach. Um, the first year, he didn't really move me around a lot. And um, like he said, he came to me and talked about it. He was like, hey, you know, I'm going to have to move you around. You're going to have to learn everything that goes on in the offense and uh, learn every position. So... If you look at some games, there was some games I even lined up at fullback and he would motion me out, you know, at the backfield and things of that nature. So uh, I, I really, you know, I give Coach Kubiak a lot of credit because, you know, he, I guess it was just something he saw, you know, in me as a player. And um, it, it, I mean, it helped elevate my game. It helped take my game to another level. So um, I give Coach Kubiak a lot of credit. Seth, you were there when Andre was drafted, yeah. you were there for the first four years of his career, three under Dom Capers, and then the transition to Gary Kubiak. I guess from your perspective, when Kubiak got in there, could you start to see immediately, like, oh, yeah, this offense is going to use Andre Johnson way better than he was being used before? Um, To a degree, but it wasn't. I mean, the, the problem was that you were also still trying to figure out if David Carr was the quarterback. Right. And, you know, with this offense, we know that the run game is part of setting everything up, too. And it took a few years for the run game to get going. So, I mean, like, it was it was obvious in some ways where Gary Kubiak was better um, as an offensive-minded head coach. Like, just even from stories, some of the things that David would talk about in the way that Kubiak handled things, um, uh, like, from play to play and being in his headset. And I, I, was, I found that fascinating. I talked to David a little bit, like, during that year about just, you know, David would be at the bottom of a pile and Kubiak's in his ear talking about the next play and getting him ready and just kind <laughs> of in a way that was different than maybe what he'd had before. Yeah. So that part of it, I think, was obvious. And I think that, you know, like I, I had a lot of respect for Dom Capers as a head coach, so it wasn't like, oh, wow, this is what a real head coach is like. I do think, though, that um, I think Kubiak, as an offensive-minded head coach, you could start to see perhaps how things were a little bit different with him. But it really, you know, I, I think part of moving Andre Johnson around a lot in that second year was, A, he would have had a year in the offense and known it better, but also that, look, he's he's the thing that everybody's going to key on. Like, we've got one really, really, really good thing going on this offense right now, and it's Andre Johnson, and we can't let teams get a beat on him and knowing that he's just going to be lined up at the X every single time. So we're going to move him around and try to try to find ways to get him free. Like, that's the stuff where you started to see where, that, um, that Andre was going to be, hopefully, really take off. And that's where, uh, and the Hall of Fame discussion, that's the thing that, it's very relevant. It's when you start looking at the counting stats and you look at him next to Reggie Wayne or what have you, it doesn't tell the whole story because Andre spent really the first three years with different offensive coordinators, whether it be Chris Palm, uh, Palmer, Joe Pendry, or whomever else. Um, and then that first kind of break-in year 
with Gary Kubiak, but David Carr as his quarterback, the first four years of his career were kind of a wash and kind of a waste. You know, it wasn't like he just stepped into playing with a Hall of Fame quarterback. And I think that's the that's the part that the voters take into account yeah. and understand that it's not about the counting stats. It's like, okay, look at what he was and really how defensive backs and coaches who had to coach against him talk about him as as the premier guy or one of the, the two premier guys in that generation yeah. or that era. Yeah, and even with that, amazingly, he was a pro bowler in 04 and 06. Yeah, even with, yeah. even with that environment that you describe accurately, by the way, uh, he managed to make the Pro Bowl in 2004 and 2006. Right. Those first four, the thing you need to know about those first four years was, okay, he went for over, he rushed, he had over 1,100 yards receiving twice in that, in that time period. Mm-hmm. Um, but really, like, after his second year, his first couple years when he's fresh on the scene, he was averaging 14 yards per reception. In 2005 and 2006, really, you know, when teams could start to just try to keep everything in front of them and try to limit him as much as possible, he was 10.9 yards per reception, 11.1 yards per reception. It it was just, it was a lot, it was a hodgepodge of kind of trying to get the best out of him in imperfect situations and circumstances, but never really getting like a a genuinely incredible effort out of him for various reasons. It was in that. Is that 2018 when he really, or 2008 when he really took off? But yeah. but even after like he guys he got injured in 2007, but he had he was over 14 yards per carry or at 14 yards per reception um, for most of his career after that. Yeah, yeah, it's it, he. You're right. Those yards per catch. If you're looking at his, you know, the back of his football card, we'll call it those yeah. two years, 05 and 06, stick out like a sore thumb with the yards with the yards per catch. And the next time he was that low in yards per catch was the year that uh, led to him. Being let go, you know, his last year with the Texans yeah. in 2014, where you know he, his performance had started to dip. The the, the big thing is he had that stretch of uh, six years where he had he was over 1,200 yards in five of those six years when yeah. he wasn't injured. You know, when he had when he played at least 13 games, he was 1,200 plus yards. Four of those years, he was over 1,400 yards. Um, that was just that's that's that was the Hall of Fame stretch right yeah, there. Yeah. That's when you look at him and you're like, okay, him, Calvin Johnson, like those are those are the guys in the NFL. He, they for, are the the premier dudes for a six year period from 08 to 2013. Andre Johnson was one of the three or four most dangerous wide receivers in football, without question. Yeah. Um, the my favorite clip from the press conference yesterday was when Andre was asked, "Hey, how was it spending time with the McNairs in Vegas?" I'll tell you this. Uh... They probably wouldn't want me to say this, but we had a hell of a time in Vegas. <laughs> uh, <laughs> nah, they they've they've been great. It's been it's been uh it's been a great ride. It's been a great ride, man. Um, I think I don't think he said anything incriminating there. They had a great time in Vegas, man. Yeah, they had a good time in Vegas. Yeah, yeah. I think. Well, in you Vegas. know what though, Sean? Yeah. I do think that right now. One of the other questions that somebody had asked, there's some good questions yesterday. I thought there were some really good questions from the press conference. We, we could hear them because they had microphones. Um, but he, at one point, somebody asked him about the timing of receiving this. And was it, was it, I, I can't remember how the question was phrased, but basically, like, man, a couple years ago, maybe it might not have felt quite the same if he had been uh, awarded this in the midst of the drama with Bill O'Brien, Jack Easterby, everything else, the hiring and firing of various head coaches, Andre publicly speaking out against 
Jack Easterby at one point. Um, and I think likewise, the McNairs were not the most popular owners in town at mm-hmm. that time. This last year, starting with a hire of D'Amico Ryan's, I mean, everything is just flipped on its head. And I think the McNair, I think people hearing that the McNairs were having a good time in Las Vegas this year is greeted mm. with a smile yeah. instead of like, ah, yep, doing anything they can except trying yeah. to help the team. Yeah, That's yeah. how it would have been two years ago if you heard about the McNairs partying in Vegas. No, you're right. You're like, ah, that classic. Classic rich people. Yep. No, it's that's, just different now. That's a good point. Maybe Andre having to wait a couple of years to get in until things are better around the franchise now might have been the yeah. best thing to happen just for the overall good feeling of him going in. You know, he had also said that Cal, Cal kind of asked him at the basket, they were at a Rockets game, and Cal had asked him how he felt about it. And, uh, you know, Andre, I think Andre said he felt pretty good about it. At that point, about what? About the chances of him getting, about into, getting the into the Hall of Fame? Okay, gotcha. Sorry. Uh, at that point, Andre would learn later. Cal already knew uh, that he was in. Oh. Cal had to, Cal sat next to him. It's, he said Travis. I assume he meant Travis Johnson. Probably. Um, Andre and uh, Travis were there with Cal and Hannah. Okay. And Cal uh, Cal did a very good job of keeping a lid on it. Just ask him calmly, like, "Yeah, oh, you know, how do you think your chances are?" It'd be hard. It'd be hard in that moment not to give a little wink or something. Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. so if you're Andre Johnson and you're friends with Cal McNair, which they are. Yeah. Does the fact that he didn't tell you make you feel better or worse about your friendship with him? Because on the one hand, sometimes you don't like finding out that somebody's a good liar. On, on the one yeah. hand, on the one hand, you go, "Okay, man, I thought we were friends. I would love to have known." But on the other hand, I would say, "Like, boy, that's somebody who can like keep a secret. Like, if I ever have a secret that I have to tell him, I know he can keep it. You know, like, yeah. If, if oh I ever, yeah, good call. Right? Yeah. Like, okay, I know Cal's yeah. not going to flip." If the feds bring him in or something, he's not going to rat me out. Cal will take the fall for me if I've got a, a secret. Story, a better story. Hopefully the story evolves into this over time. Cal, uh, it would be if Cal had actually uh, been like, eh, I don't know. I don't know. I'm just uh, not hearing not hearing good stuff. Oh, <laughs> oh like if he put... Pl- okay, just that's, that's evil. Mess with him. That's evil. Yeah, that's cat and mouse <laughs> that's, stuff. That's yeah. evil. <laughs> I don't know, man. But it's a better story. Look, better story. Oh, for sure. For us. For poor Andre. Bow down to the story, Sean. It's the better story. You're right. That's the, the true event. I am in yes. the audio content business. I should be seeking out the better story. You're right. All right, paint a No, but that would be hard. In Cal. I mean, Cal had to sit. Uh, it sounds like they probably didn't talk about it a whole bunch. I mean, there's not much to say about it. Uh, but, but Andre just – Andre said yesterday he felt like in those first two years he didn't really think he was getting in. And I don't know if it was just – he didn't really say it was anything more than a feeling. He just felt like, that's eh, probably not the year. And that, whereas this year he felt like it, it was probably it was happen. It was happening, yeah. 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 I just think it's incredible. He sailed right past Reggie Wayne and Torrey Holt. You know, the talk had been all along like, well, there's this logjam at wide receiver and somebody's going to have to get him first. And, boy, Reggie Wayne and Torrey Holt sure have been a finalist way more times than Andre has. Maybe Not way yeah. more, but like two or three more times. He's better than both those guys. I'm so glad the committee recognized that. Forget about it being some sort of pecking order where somehow Reggie Wayne and Torrey Holt are the same player as Andre Johnson. They're yeah. not. He's better, and I'm glad they recognize that. Hey, uh, real quick, I, I want to thank you for reimbursing my Amazon Prime charge for the movie The Iron Claw because for those of you who didn't hear this earlier, uh, Sean spoiled the movie for not me. the whole thing. But in a, like in a pretty like you spoiled it. You spoiled it after specifically like learn. You had found I had told you where I was in the movie, no, and, and then forgot. you somehow asked me a question about something that happened later in the yeah, movie. I 
Yeah. So, so yeah, yeah, thank I you. Spoiled I spoiled bad. Honestly, bad. this is a bad. good example. This is a good example you're setting, uh, setting for America. You reimbursed me my 1999. I did. I Venmoed it to you. That was not a bit. Yeah. I hit, I, when I said, when I was, if you're watching on YouTube earlier, I had my phone out. When I hit my phone, I hit send. I sent him $19 and 99 cents. Bad news, Sean. My 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 account uncovered some bad tax advice you gave to me last year. By the way, when he was doing my returns, he did? so your your reimbursement is going to be a bit bigger than maybe your Venmo limit okay. on this next one. Yeah, okay. for sure, for sure. <laughs> I wrote off rent on your apartment. You said somehow because because that's where you do show prep that I could that I could you deduct could write you. That. It off. <laughs> I deducted your guys. car payments right. from my taxes. Yeah, right. we're a team. <laughs> yeah, right. we're a team. <laughs> Payne and Pendergast with you. All right, um, <laughs> Justin Verlander. <clears throat> Justin Verlander met with the media yesterday. After after hearing, we'll hear from Verlander. After hearing from the manager and the general manager of the Astros, what is our concern level over Justin Verlander and the Astros? Name a, cl- a named closer. A named closer for the Astros. That is coming up next. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.